welcome to Reality Tea Times 2, the podcast where we discuss all the trash reality TV we love to hate. I'm Tanika, and today we are going to be discussing Love is Blind. So before we do, we are going to be doing some hot goss. Um, and some of the hot goss is going to be kind of dark in nature. Um, but there will be, uh, what you call it? Uh, trigger warnings in the show notes so that if you want to bypass anything, you definitely can. Uh, but otherwise there will be some fun hot goss in there as well. So you can bypass, listen to that. And then you'll be hopping into the episode. So with respect to the episode, how are we doing this? So the episodes are going to be a bit longer than they were last season um, with just me. So with that said, we are only going to be doing two episodes per episode. So two Love is Blind episodes per our own episodes. So that's what we're going to be doing. So let's hop into the hot goss. So the first thing I'm going to talk about, um, trigger warning for motor vehicle accident, all of that. Um, I'm sure a lot of us have heard that Josh's son was in a horrific car accident where it left his leg be having to be amputated as well as um, the death of his son's friend. I, despite what we do here, make fun of these people. Um, that's so horrible. I feel for him. I feel for, you know, the, the mother. I feel for the, that's a horrible, horrible thing. Um, and I believe his son is only 17 years old. So that's very young age to have to kind of have your life change drastically. Um, so my thoughts and my sympathies to whomever it needs to go to, um, is definitely being reached out to those people. It is, I was very shocked to hear that. It's so horrible. And, um, uh, yeah, that's, that's very tough. Um, so to even go a little darker here, um, this is now a trigger warning for death slash suicide. Um, I will put trigger warnings in the show notes so that you can bypass um, what you need to bypass. Um, for those who have watched Pig Royalty, have been fans of Pig Royalty, um, sad that pig royalty went away for, um, pretty obvious reasons, uh, whatever those reasons unofficially, we kind of maybe have an idea as to maybe why it turned out the way it did. Um, I'm not sure if anyone has, has heard this, but I recently heard that Nugget, who was on the, um, so the Reigns, I don't remember their names now. Um, I believe was Breen's the good guys. <laughs> I can't remember their names right now, but he was with um it's Voted Kids. There she he was with them and then moved on 
kind of went to no man's land. And I think he believe I might be very wrong because it's been so long now since I've watched Big Royalty, but believe the Reigns were the ones with um uh the, the ones we like. Anyways. Um <laughs> he um Nugget has passed away. Um and based on the trigger warnings in the beginning of this part, you can use your imagination as to what happened. Um, that was also very shocking. He seemed like such a sweet, sweet kid, sweet little boy, compassionate, loving. You could just tell that by watching the show. Um, very passionate about his pigs and showing pigs and you know, his mother kind of wants everyone to remember him in that way and not remember him and the, the, the end of his life, um, his very short life. Uh, I'm not sure how old he is now. I am imagining he's now, um, a teenager. He was a teenager. Um, so it's very shocking. Heart goes out to them as well. Um, kind of makes me want to go back and watch Big Royalty just to watch it again, just to watch him. But um, it was very horrible and just shocking. And I really wanted to talk about that. Obviously, Big Royalty is a show that you know went was on before I was podcasting, but I definitely watched it. Um, and uh enjoyed it very much surprisingly didn't think I would but I loved it and I loved Nugget I loved the I loved Nugget and I loved the um the other little boy um oh gosh I remembered his name and then it I left it left me but um I loved both of them because they just were so cute and loved showing pigs and it, yeah so my heart goes out to the family and to everyone else that's affected um, by this. So let's make it just a little more fun before we hop into the episode again. Because the Happily Ever After cast has been announced. So for those who've maybe seen the trailer, I think it came out like yesterday, um, Wednesday from when I'm recording this. Um, so. Let's go over who's going to be on the show and who we are not going to be covering because <laughs> we need to go through that too. So we have Emily and Kobe, Jasmine and Gino. Three seasons in a row is kind of a lot, <laughs> but here we go. Nicole and Mahmoud are also going to be on the on the show which i'm i'm not surprised but i'm also surprised that it's now i thought it would be later but anyways we knew he was here so or in the states we have lauren and alexi is gonna be on it which i'm also very surprised by thais and patrick why why are they on the show i'm not at all intrigued to see them at all boring Angela and Michael who I will not be covering 
at least not on a full scale. Maybe there'll be things I'll throw in there at one point, but I'm not excited about them being on the show. I'm not excited about him being in the States, although I think he deserves it, but I don't think he, I I don't want him to be in an abusive situation and he is. It really triggers me. So I am not covering them. So there's that. And Ed and Liz, who I also will not be covering by any means, by any stretch of the imagination. I don't give a shit. These two are not even together anymore. I don't care. And I hate him. And I don't really like her. So I'm not covering them. And this time I can actually avoid them until we get to the tell-all. But I can actively avoid them by all means. So I will post pictures of the cast for whom I will be covering. I'll probably throw Michael and Angela in there. Maybe maybe I'll put everybody in there. I don't know. But I really, I don't think I'm going to put Ed and Liz in there because I don't want to actively promote them on my social media. So I don't think I will definitely not be putting Ed and Liz on. So, but yeah, that is our HEA cast. I'm excited kind of excited for it. I still think it's going to be kind of boring, but anyways, I'm, I'm pretty excited for that. Okay. Let's finally get into the episode. So love is blind season six, episode one, higher love. Michael song. So we first see Nick and Vanessa. Well, not at first, but we, whatever, we start off there. We see Nick and Vanessa doing the usual. And we meet Jessica, who's actually the only person I remember from the list of the cast. But we see her and she actually tells us that she is a mom. And she is deciding to lead with the men getting to know her first before she tells them that she is a mother. But the pods are now open. So let's get into it. So one guy named Vince, he doesn't do laundry. (laughs) So there's that. And then we meet Trevor. And he's got muscles and he had enough self describes himself as a meathead or, you know, a few yeah, we all know what a meathead is. But he wants to like kind of say that even though he has that meathead look to him, that he's not dumb. Um, and he does want to be in a committed relationship and all of that. So he meets Chelsea. And he's like, oh, my dog's name is also Chelsea. Um, and he mentions that he loves, you know, corny movies and like romantic movies and he gives examples like the notebook a walk to remember which is actually one of my favorite movies kind of one of my favorite lines is from that movie so um you know love is like there you can't see it but you can feel it yeah (laughs) so i'm with him on that one and 
he also loves fresh cut grass. He loves that. So they're definitely clicking. You can kind of see that. And later we meet this guy named, I think it's Jeremy. I don't think we see much of Jeremy after this actually, but he likes to travel, but you know, he also wants to be in bed by 9.30. Sorry, it's not Jeremy, it's Jimmy. Sorry, guys. We do see Jimmy as we go on. But the reason why I wrote this down, because like in one instance, he kind of talks to um, one of the women that he's kind of talking to, and I think it's Chelsea. And he's kind of like, yeah, I like to go out and have fun and do all of that. But then when he was talking to Jessica, he's like, yeah, I'm kind of like a homebody too. You know, I do like to go out and have fun, but I also want to be in bed by 9.30. So I'm like, which is it? <laughs> I don't know. Um, But he does mention that he is a Scorpio. Yep. And he's with um, Jessica and she says that um, people think that her laugh kind of sounds like Fran Drescher. I haven't quite heard her laugh yet, but for those people who don't know who Fran Drescher is, if maybe you're too young to know who she is, um, just like I can't get over the fact that Sharon did not know who 90 Degrees is, um, and that Nick Lachey was in a group called 90 Degrees, there might be some people out there who don't know who Fran Drescher is. She was in this little show called The Nanny, and she has this very unique sound to her voice, and um, she has this very unique laugh that I can't even begin to mimic, but that's, she's saying that people say that she has a laugh like Fran Drescher, so, I mean, come on, there are worse things. So, we do kind of find out here that her daughter is 10 years old, so she had her quite young, she was 19. She's um, 29 now, so, you know, do the math, not that bad at math. But, yeah, she was quite young. But that Jessica goes to meet this guy named Matthew. Matthew, oh, my God. I'm at the second episode currently. I just finished the second episode. And, my God, this guy. Anyway, he's like, I have questions so he says, like, I have these questions from 1 to 15, pick a number, and he'll ask the question. So she picks a number, he asks the question. And when she kind of says to him, like, what about you? And he says, you know, I was kind of expecting to ask the questions. I wasn't expecting to answer the questions. And she's like, what? <laughs> um, so Jess is um, done with that. She doesn't want anything to do with that. And he then goes to someone else and says the same thing, answers one to 15, pick a number, does the same thing. And her answer is so freaking long. She's just rambling and rambling and rambling. And I'm dying as I'm thinking, oh my God, like this girl is not catching like she's talking too much. He gets up. He's like, I'm fucking done. He gets up. He's like, Jesus. And she's like, is he gone? Oh, thank God. Like she's doing it on purpose. You know, if I talk too much, then he'll leave. <laughs> but he is very awkward. And I think when he goes to talk to AD, 
he kind of says like, this is weird for me. I don't know how to navigate any of this. I'm trying to navigate this. Like, I don't know what to do. And he mentions like, I'm from a town of 600 people. Everybody kind of knows everybody. And he says like, you know, showing emotion is weakness. Um, And he's like, you know, just give me time so that I can win you over. And AD is kind of all in on this. She's like, I really like hearing this. Whereas all the other women are like, um, that's a pass. That's a no from me, dog, with the Matthew of it all. But she's kind of, she's kind of taking it all in. He says that his therapist, who he's currently started not too long ago, when he told her that he was going to be doing this, she was actually kind of shocked because as we will kind of learn throughout the episodes or as long as we see him anyways, he is kind of a man of very few words. So it was kind of interesting. Like you're going on a thing called love is blind or you're not going to be seeing each other. You have to rely on getting to know each other by using your words, but you don't have any. <laughs> so it's kind of surprising for this person. Um. But he does think that AD is extremely sweet. Um, and she, and she, he's definitely kind of interested in her and seeing where this can go. And just so we know, AD's name is actually Amber. Um, but we actually have another Amber, which I didn't know that. So she's going by AD. I think her friends also call her that. So I think it stands for Amber Desiree. That's her name. So she goes by AD. So then, um, we kind of hear a little more about AD, kind of the men that she kind of goes for. She says that she doesn't normally give the nice guy the chance. She kind of goes for the bad boy. Um, as we kind of hear, she kind of goes for a basketball player or like some sort of famous name guy or something like that. Like she kind of goes for those types of guys, those kind of guys that are just usually bad boys and don't really want to commit. Um, so then she's talking to this guy named Clay, who is actually very, very cute, very cute. And you can also tell very tall, but he's also kind of smooth and, you know, he's, you know, he's, he's definitely, as she says, like she can tell just by hearing his voice, like he's kind of the guy that she would go for. And, you know, he kind of mentions to her at one point, he's like, oh yeah, I want a cat. Because at least you don't have to give them like love all the time. And she's like, I don't um like that because she herself needs love all the time. Um, And he sells, he kind of like backpedals a little bit and kind of is like, well, no, like I like to cuddle. I like to be like lovey. I like to touch and all of that. So she's kind of all in a little bit and they're definitely being very flirty being very cute so yeah um and i know i'm kind of just kind of going through the episode right now because i still have thoughts that i'm holding back on we're just kind of getting to know these people right now so this is usually how the episodes go in the beginning but we go back to jimmy um and jessica 
Um, well, not actually Jimmy and Jessica, but Jessica in the quarters, the women's quarters. And she kind of says, oh, yeah, I really like Jimmy. And whatever. And someone asks, like, does Jimmy make your vagina pulse? And she's like, maybe. When, when you get a man that makes your vagina pulse, it just, yeah. <laughs> so the men are, are kind of thinking, like, you know, Matthew doesn't talk much. How is this supposed to work? Like. Mm. And AD kind of mentions to the women that, you know, she kind of has these two men, one of them being Matthew, and all the women were like, wait, Matthew? Like, whoa. <laughs> um, the women are surprisingly, not surprisingly, they're shocked. I don't think it's surprising at all because I thought, whoa, this guy, but he's connected with somebody um but day one is kind of done now we're moving on to the next day so the women think that if the men are cooking breakfast right now of those men the man the man who would be doing the cooking is vince lo and behold we go over to the men's quarters and who's making breakfast vince so that was funny um Amy, we kind of meet Amy and we meet Johnny. Um, and Amy kind of mentions like she would love to travel to Japan. She kind of likes anime. And Johnny's like, oh yeah. He's like, he's mentioned, he, or he mentions to her like he watched Naturo, Naruto, sorry, not my thing, Naturo, Naruto. I don't give a shit. I am not an anime person. Never really been huge on anime. I've been like, you know, technically, I guess like Sailor Moon was supposed to be anime or something like that. I don't even know, but I was into that stuff. That kind of, that's about as far as it goes for me. But he says like, he watched that and um, they're kind of connecting on that. And Amy kind of gets into kind of her life and where she came from not having a lot in Puerto Rico. She's from Puerto Rico. And she kind of mentions that she always wanted to have a brother. She never wanted a sister because she didn't want to have to share her clothes with her sister. So she kind of says that to him. And um, Johnny's definitely listening and taking it all in. We do get a lot more information on the brother because she does have a brother. We do get a little more information on him a little later. But we now move over to Clay and AD. And again, they're just being kind of very cute and fun and flirty. And AD thinks that Clay is kind of a ladies' man. Definitely he is. But she's still very curious about him. But the thing is that I have issue here with here's my thoughts guys and i'm kind of thinking about what happens in the second episode but i'm not gonna say anything too much that's gonna give that away if you haven't watched the second episode yet the her being into clay even though she knows like this is kind of a guy that i would go for and it would never work out then why are you going for the guy that doesn't work out that you would normally work out with and 
you know this guy's a ladies' man. So the problem with me is you're going to have issues with him going forward. And I just, I don't quite understand going for the guy that you're normally into. And honestly, things with him get (laughs) a little more disheartening, I guess is the best way to describe that. So I, I, I mean, I don't know. So then the next day, AD sees Matthew and she loves how he's kind of opening up with her. She hopes that Matthew, you know, talks to people who are nice to him because he's being kind of a, a protective of him. So she asks, you know, what is your favorite music genre? And he's like, oh, God, it's over now. <laughs> I don't know why, but he says that he likes classical and rock. And he's like, I, I, I can dance. He actually did a dance competition where he did a split and tore his hamstring. And at the end of that, he still didn't win. And she does mention to him that she has a fear of getting her um her brain pecked out by birds. That's a f- very interesting fear. Um but <laughs> he does tell her that things are very different with her. Um so that he's never kind of experienced before, which at the point of me watching the first episode, I'm just like, okay, I see him opening up. He seems to be really engaged with AD. I think this could really work for her. I kind of want him to be the one she picks at the end of this. That was how I was feeling. Um, but we're going to leave it at that until we get to the end and maybe why that changed for me. <laughs> So then Jessica is kind of loving this relationship that she's kind of building with with Jimmy. Um, they're kind of eating some like hot sauce of some sort. And he is like, God, this is so hot. And he needs to stop and blow his nose. And he's like, don't listen to me. <laughs> And he's like, I'm really, I'm really, I guess he's kind of self-conscious about his, how he blows his nose because he's like, it's loud. I blow my nose like a stressed out dad. (laughs) And he does that and he does sound like, yeah. (laughs) How a lot of people sound honestly when they blow their nose. But she is planning to tell Jimmy that she is a mom. Before that, though, Jimmy tells her he has, you know, kind of insecurities when it comes to his family that maybe prevented him from kind of dating. And she tells him that she can definitely relate, but also, like, just own who you are and where you come from and kind of don't let any of that hold you back kind of thing. Then she tells him, oh, by the way, I have a 10-year-old daughter, and he's very quiet, very quiet for a little bit. And he ends up asking her, like, 
why didn't we talk about this earlier? She says, I wanted to establish a relationship, which she mentioned before, um, before mentioning anything. And he looks very stressed, but he tells her that, you know, I get, I wouldn't really want you to throw it at me. You know, I get it. He says that it's not a deal breaker for him, which we'll come back to why I think that's not true. But let's continue. He says, I want to know more. He does ask, like, what's her name? Her name is Autumn. He asks about the father and kind of that situation. And Jess kind of mentions they did meet in elementary school. So they grew up together. They didn't get married. Um, and they broke up about broke up about a year after her daughter was born. He tells her that he has feelings and he does like talking to her. He loves talking to her, but obviously this is something that he needs to kind of let's do and kind of figure out where he's going to go from here, which is definitely a fair thing. I don't begrudge him that. I think that's important to him. But what happens next kind of goes to show my guy my guy, you're, I don't know how old Jimmy is, but we're at a point in life with some of these people where it's like, are you for real here? Of course, there's going to be people who are going to have children or have had marriages or engagements. People live lives. So I don't understand like how he is so like, you're not like, picture perfect. I don't think he's an asshole. I'm not saying that. I don't know enough about him. But I do think that he he just I think has this this idea of what he wants. So the fact that things aren't quite working out or he's connecting with women breath, maybe not quite working out the way he saw it, he's just he can't even just get back on track. It's interesting to say the least. So he says that he also has a connection with Chelsea. He's not telling says we're moving over now to Chelsea. And you know, Jimmy is so um prideful about the fact that he's been to college and, you know, I think he I don't know if he's the first generation that went to college. I'm not sure, but he's he's very, you know, happy about that. But Chelsea has actually not done college. She's done trade school. And that's kind of worked for her. But he's fine with that. He doesn't care. And then she tells him, I also have something I need to tell you. And you're thinking, oh shit, here comes another one. This one's a little different though. She's been married before. And she kind of explains to him that when she was 18, they were married. They, sorry, when she, they got married when she was 18. They were married for five years. And that's basically the gist of it. They just, you know, got married really young, fell out of love for each other, or just didn't love each other the same way that they used to, because again, you're only 18. 
who you're into at 18 is not who you're into later on in life. But he says to her, this doesn't scare him. If anything, what she told, what, sorry, what he was told before scares him more than her being married. So what he's referring to is the thing that scared me the most is that the other girl that I'm connecting with is a mother. And he luckily doesn't say anything. He doesn't say what it is or who it is, or, you know. But poor Chelsea is thinking, oh my God, this is scaring him because like he completely shuts down at her expense. And she's crying because she's thinking he's not interested because I've been married before. And again, as I probably mentioned, I don't know, I don't know if I've, I've had conversations like this in the past. When you have been divorced or going through a divorce and you try to go back out there and date again, there's just men who are so fucking terrified because their little egos can't handle that you've been married before. You, God forbid, have had a life before. You know, that's such a real fear, especially for women. Of anything more so for women than it is for men. Men seem to go scot free on a lot of things, this being one of those things. Whereas women are just like trudging on through the like muddy water, trying to just be like, listen, see me, see me for me. Don't see me for, you know, the, the life things that have happened. One of those things being marriage and then subsequently a divorce. It's, so unfair. But I, I again, I don't think he has an issue with the fact that she's been married. I think he is not dealing well with the fact that he's been receiving a lot of news that, you know, especially with Jess is going to really affect how he goes on through life if he were to pick that person. So now, you know, Chelsea's obviously very upset when she goes back to the quarters, but a little later on, I guess she sees Trevor and they're going to have some fun, play some games. He does ask her though, while having this, whether or not she's ever been close to getting married before, because I think he had actually been close to getting married before. So he asked her, have you? And she says, actually I've been married before. Cause I don't think she's going to tell him anything. I guarantee you, she got very scared from how Jimmy reacted. That she's like, I'm not saying shit to anybody. <laughs> and I don't fault her in that. I've been there. I've literally been there where I was like, yeah. I mean, I was technically still married at that point, but I said, yeah, no, I'm, I'm technically married. Husband's been deported, but I'm not going through divorce and that not be received well. So when I like met my boyfriend, I didn't tell him right away. I was scared to tell him because I did not know how he would react. And he, I mean, he took it with grace. Obviously, it's a fear of his. It was a fear. He was scared. I think the main thing being for him, because it was obviously a very different situation than fully blown divorced. 
was whether or not I would go back to him. And I'm just like, mm, no. But <laughs> it is a it is a fear for a woman to tell a man for whom they're interested in, by the way. So I totally understood her for maybe not wanting to tell this guy anything. So but she tells him because, well, the opportunity had presented itself and she actually thought she had told him before that she was married. I think you remember whether or not you told him. But anyways, he says, no, I don't think so. (laughs) But he does ask about it. And she answers all the questions. And he seems to be receiving it pretty well and reacting pretty well. And I think the biggest thing is that he acts very realistically on this. He says, listen, we've all lived a life. We've all done shit. We're not coming here not being kissed or not being married or potentially or not being engaged potentially or having kids potentially. Like we're all living lives here and we're trying to come into uh, an experiment where we're trying to see if we can find our, our person because what we're doing in the real world isn't working. So yeah, he says it's hard to find someone who hasn't been married, like I mentioned. And he, says that, you know, anyone's reaction being kind of more negative or being a little more fearful of, of, of this, it's just dumb. It's just dumb. But he can definitely see um, a future with, with Chelsea, which I think is pretty great. So then we see Amy and Johnny again, and they're singing songs that they wrote to each other. And but no, no, no. Folks who watch the episode, you'll understand. He's like literally singing a song. He's like, no, no, no. And then he's just like doing whatever lyric. That was cute. So then we meet this guy very briefly called Jamal, who I've never, I don't think, unless we see him again later on, I don't know. I only saw him the one time. But he ripped his pants. <laughs> That's why we saw him. But anyways, so we also have another cute little thing here where someone refers to chest hair as taco meat up top. Taco meat up top. That is this person's idea of what chest hair is, I guess. And I'm just like, oh, okay, that's great. So the women are definitely going the route of just not really sharing a lot with each other. I think this is the best thing after, you know, five seasons, we should learn that to not talk to each other about what's going on in each other's like relationships. So Clay has a pretty big ego, he says. He continues on by saying that the physical parts, even though, yes, we're in this to kind of build the emotional, is still important to him. And he's like, yeah, sure, love is blind, but like, he needs to be attracted to the person that he goes for. And he mentions to her that he prefers petite women and, um, you know, women with nice lips. And I mean, I don't know what his idea of petite looks like. I don't know what that means for him. We're not clear here. I'm not saying that she is not petite. 
that I don't know if like the big butt is going to throw him off or like the fact that she maybe has some hips is going to throw him off. Like, I don't know. So the fact that he's kind of saying these things to her is just like, that's not okay. And she's definitely getting thrown off by this. And he's like, even if the emotional is good, if he's not physically attracted to you, it's a, it's a no. And that just kind of goes to show, okay, well then he is, um, shallow. So she kind of just wonders, like, should I be telling him what I look like? That's technically not the experiment. You shouldn't be telling people what you look like. Um, but she's kind of choosing, like, she's not going to do that. Because it's not what, if you care about how someone looks, then love is blind is not for you. So the next day, AD sees Matthew. She tells, or he tells her, you know, she's amazing. That he thinks of her all time. And, you know, and she thinks of him. And he can feel a deep connection with her. He feels protective of her. For him, there are only two options that can happen here. Either he leaves with her or he leaves alone. There are no other options. And she's so emotional kind of hearing this. And, you know, she is loving the validation that he's dishing. And and he's like, should I tell jokes now? But he feels very happy and he tells her that She's his greatest accomplishment. Finding her is his greatest accomplishment. And he's ready to call his mom and tell her I found her. And he tells her that the um, the engagement is important to him. Um, and he asks, like, how does your dad feel about all of this? And she's like, well, he passed away. So I don't think he really has any thoughts or feelings or anything about it. And he's like, God damn. And she's like, Oh, we weren't close. It's fine. So he thinks that he can pretty, he's pretty sure he can keep her entertained for at least 42 years. It's very particular. (laughs) He says, I'll probably be dead before that anyway. So whatever. But she does take this opportunity to ask him how he feels about ethnicity and if whether or not that's important to him. He says, no, it's not important to him at all. And he does ask, like, why? Come on, put two two together, my dude. Um, but she's like, she doesn't want to go um go to any more dates. Like she's in this, she's like, let's do this. Like she's ready to go. And then after the date, she goes back to the women's quarters. And she's talking to this girl named Amber, who I've not seen before. And she's just going off and off and off about Matthew's her guy. And he was asking her questions like, how does your dad feel about this? That you're in, I'm going to leave with you. Those are the only options. And you're thinking, this sounds very familiar. Because Matthew is telling Amber and AD the exact same things. And that is the end of episode one. So let's hop into episode two of 
Love is Blind. So episode two, The Hunger Games of Love. Seems fitting. So Johnny is playing chess by himself in the men's quarter. He, we kind of go off to something a little different um, while he's playing, which I think we went to like, I think it was uh, Matthew and some other people. And then we cut back to Johnny and he's still playing chess by himself. So we do have a Jeremy, who again, I don't think we've seen before. Um, But he's kind of like, I have a thick ass neck. Um, so he kind of has to wear like certain shirts to accommodate his thick ass neck. And then he's talking to a girl named Laura, who says she has quote unquote OCD or had OCD when she was younger, but she doesn't have it now. I mean, again, as a person who actually has a family member who is OCD, I don't think that's something that just goes away. You learn to cope with it and, and, hopefully cope with it if possible and um do whatever work needs to be done in order to learn to live with it but you don't just get over it because that's how it made she made it seem like she just got over it that's not how ocd works that's not how mental illness works so i had issue here but nonetheless she says like she needs a clean man um like if she goes into someone's house and they're not clean like she's not going to want to have sex with that person and again you don't have to be ocd to have that expectation i think all women who are attracted to the opposite sex have that expectation hell even some men who are attracted to men have that expectation it's not just you honey and it's not because you have OCD that you are that way. Anyways, it was weird. But anyways, Johnny is talking with Amy. And he kind of mentions here that he really loves the song, We Three Kings, the Christmas song. Like, we Three Kings of Orient are. Yeah, that one. And he's singing the song too. And he's kind of butchering it a little bit. But that's okay. And Amy is kind of like, I don't think I know that song. And I'm like, wait, how have you gone through life potentially celebrating Christmas and not ever hearing We Three Kings, which is literally in the nativity, like, you know, story here of there were three kings who came with frankincense, myrrh, 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 frankincense gold and what was the other one doesn't even matter i guess it was mer- was it mer am i why am i saying mer i say mer doesn't sound right because all i'm thinking about is mer for practical jokers so it's not like sounding right in my head so anyways amy explains to him like her brother so i don't think i had mentioned this before i think i may have missed this in the first episode so she does explain how she like one of this brother that she kept asking for, she didn't want the sister. And then that particular day when she kind of said to her parents, I want a baby brother, her mom ended up doing a pregnancy test and running out of the bathroom saying, oh my God, I'm pregnant. And it ended up being a boy. So now she's explaining to Johnny that her brother 
is on the spectrum. He has autism and he also has ADHD. And she says like her father is currently his guardian. And, you know, if anything were to happen to her father, she would then have to be the one to step in and be his guardian, which she has absolutely no problems with. Her brother is her world. She loves him. Um, she's just kind of worried about the fact that whether or not whoever she chooses to be her husband, like, are they going to be okay with this potential, well, what will probably at some point be a pretty huge responsibility. We don't have any, um, any sort of context of where he lands on the spectrum. Is he low functioning, high functioning, whatever the case may be? Where we don't know where he's at, if he really does need a lot of assistance, because depending on where he lands on the spectrum, we don't know anything about that. Honestly, it doesn't. Well, it does matter in a sense. It it matters and it doesn't matter. Um, but I think like even if you do have someone who is considered quote unquote high functioning, that you know they still need a lot of guidance and a lot of um support. Um, again, as mentioned in a previous episode, I am right where she is, where I do also have a little brother who is on the spectrum as well. So it, he doesn't have ADHD as far as we know, but he, he oh God, I can't even imagine being on the spectrum and then also having ADHD, ADHD and like your thought processes and how you process things are, are so like, important to someone who has autism and it's very different already how they process things and then to add ADHD my gosh um but nonetheless her biggest thing is to just kind of be sure that whoever she ends up with is going to be able to be comfortable with her potentially having to be her brother's guardian in the future so johnny says that um you know he's perfectly fine with this he's understanding about it he's being really great about it it's it yeah so moving on ad is feeling a little dumb because if we remember just a few minutes ago we ended off the episode with finding out that matthew has been really seeming to say a lot of the same things to both Ambers in the house, because let's remember AD's name is Amber. So we're finding out a lot of different things here that he's a dog, <laughs> really and truly. So AD is feeling very dumb about it, which he shouldn't feel dumb at all. But I think the reason that she feels that way is because not only does she have this fucking guy who is playing the field yes which is perfectly fine but he's playing the field in such a way where he's literally created a narrative for himself and he's telling everybody the same fucking thing and then she also has clay who is a playboy like she's not winning here so that's i think where this this process is coming from for her however she shouldn't have to feel that way at all because she's doing nothing fucking wrong fuck these guys really so she says, like, in particular with Matthew, you know, she is like, oh, sorry, with, with Amber, when it comes to, so Amber, 
when it comes to Matthew, she's completely unaware of Matthew's bullshit at this point, like, because AD never told her anything. She didn't say shit about what Matthew's also doing to her, but hold on to that. So she also says that when it comes to Clay, he's a work in progress. Is he, though? Is he really a work in progress? Because I feel like he actually isn't. So Matthew, I believe, feels like he is a good person. I'm a good person. Sound familiar? Because she wasn't either. So, yeah, he, he feels like he's a good person. But AD feels like, you know, she's a fix-a-hoe, so she loves to be able to fix somebody. And in this case, it's like not only would she potentially have to be fixing potentially Clay, who is a fix-a-hoe, or in her terms, she's saying like she's a fix-a-hoe, so he's a fix. Uh, no. Don't take on a fucking project, ladies. Don't take on a project. Like, it's one thing if like the guy you're with maybe goes down a dark place or, you know, certain things set in and you're there to support them through it. When the guy is literally saying to you, listen, I love to fuck around and I really do need to curb that, but I really don't have the the need to want to curb that, then you can't fix that shit because all he's going to do is break your fucking heart at the end of the day. It's not fucking worth it. So she would have to potentially fix Clay. Well, not potentially. She will have to fix Clay. But then there's, a, there's potential that she might have to fix Matthew too because what's up with this guy? I feel like the whole, and we'll get to it, I feel like the whole act of him being like, this guy who's so quiet and I'm I'm a guy from a small town with 600 people and all of this, like I feel like it's all a fucking act. I feel like this guy knows what he's doing and it's, underhanded so i don't trust it so then she goes and talks to matthew and she's like this funny thing happened you know i left here yesterday and i mean and when i went back to the quarters i was hearing some things that sound very familiar about you like you're you're telling me one you're telling me and potentially somebody else literally down to the T, the same thing. And instantly, instantly, Matthew's like, so are we talking about Amber? This fucking guy knows what the fuck he's doing. If he can literally say, oh, you mean Amber? So he knows what he's doing. This guy is garbage. He is garbage. Like, are you kidding me? Ew. I, you know what? Fuck you, love is blind. You literally suckered me into thinking this guy was genuine and he's so awkward and he like, he doesn't do things like this. And oh my God, I met this person. You're my greatest accomplishment was finding you and all of this. And then turns out he's a, he's a worse man there. He's playing this fucking game. Like you, you had me. Who knew that I would actually be Actually, no. I was literally going to say that. Who knew I might miss Uche more? And I'm like, oh, no. Mm-mm. No, no, definitely Uche Silvers. Anyways, never mind. <laughs> but um, he says, like, he 
is like, you know, it's not that big of a deal. I'm saying things to you that I'm not saying to her and all this. And he's like, I'm not saying those things that I'm saying to you, to her. And I'm like, but Amber literally genuinely had no fucking clue that you're saying, she was saying that you, the things that she, you're saying to her, she just very openly was saying that these are the things that Matthew's saying to me to AD, not realizing that A, there maybe isn't a connection between them and B, that he's saying the same things. She had no fucking clue. So you're really trying to tell me that you didn't say those things, that this is not the way it is. So you're basically trying to gaslight AD and then also lie about Amber you realize that there's cameras. You realize that these ladies live in the same area together. You realize this, right? We have literally seen what happens when someone tries to lie because we saw it last season with Uche and what's her face? Can't remember her name right now. But we literally saw this. Oh, it would have actually been Lydia and Lydia and Uche. It wasn't the other, it wasn't, it wasn't Aaliyah, it was Lydia and Uche. We literally saw that happen. There's, there's cameras in the pods 24 fucking seven. So stop it now. We can debunk you. It's so fucking hilarious. But yeah, he says like, I was deeper with you. Uh, you know, and he and he says it. It's the funniest thing. He literally says it. He's like, I'm being recorded. I can't hide that. He's breaking down that fourth wall. And it's just like, okay, hold on, wait a second. You yes, you're right. You are being recorded. But that probably will not work in your favor. It's probably gonna show that you are actually the worst person here. And again, we'll see that later because this is this is this episode was great. Um, AD tells him that I like you a lot, and he tells her his feelings have not changed for her. But why would it change? Why would it change? Because based on based on everything. You're telling her all of this amazing, loving things. She comes in feeling like cloud, I'm being on cloud nine. And then Amber walks in and it's like, oh my God, Matthew. You know what I mean? So as far as we know, nothing should have changed, right? So why now that AD's coming to you saying, I know all of this shit, you're now saying, well, things haven't changed for me. That's weird. That's very weird. But Anyway, that's what he says, hasn't changed. And he tells her something about the engagement. Um, and you know how like he doesn't want to give her an ultimatum. Wrong show, dude. And but he wanted to leave with her. He wants to leave with AD. Um, I don't think he does, but anyways, he did not tell Amber that he says, and I highly fucking doubt that this guy never once said to Amber, you're the one I want to leave with. I fucking doubt it. I'm not even sure if if Amber mentioned that. I was blown away by everything she was saying and how similarly it sounded, but I cannot remember if one of those things were he wanted to leave with her. So I think it might have been, though. I think that did come out. So anyway, 
He continues on by saying that if he had to make a decision right now, it would be AD. This guy is something else, man. Because at this point, I'm like, I don't believe anything this guy is saying. I don't believe him. I wouldn't be giving him a time of day anymore. But he says that, listen, I'm going to make decisions tomorrow. This is what he's saying. He's going to make decisions tomorrow. And AD's like, no, no, no. Like, I'm not ready to make decisions. But nonetheless, like he said, I'm making decisions tomorrow. And not, and like, don't give up on on him. And then he leaves. And that's kind of that for now. But I'm just like, she seemed very, very confused. And uh, fuck, I would be too. But I'm just like, ma'am. He is, uh, he is not serious. I don't think he has a fucking clue what it takes to be in a relationship with anybody. AD, Amber, doesn't matter who it is. He's incapable. I think he's definitely using this as a ploy, like this whole love is blind shit, as a ploy to just get contact with more women. That's what I think. I think he is completely just donging around donging donging around North Carolina. Nonetheless, that's kind of that with AD and Matthew for now. So then Clay, it's his turn. He shows up and he immediately just apologizes about, you know, last time about talking about how the appearance is more you know, important to him. Um, and says, like, you know, we're here for the emotional connection and not just the physical. But I don't fucking believe a word this man says. Of course he cares about the physical. He just realizes that he's a dumbass and said the quiet part out loud. And honestly, we gotta be careful with men, kind of similarly to how you have like a scammer. If they can say something to you and then backpedal and you accept it, then they know they have an in. That's exactly what this guy is doing. Anyways, um, AD at this particular point in time takes a choice and she chooses choice number one. And tells Clay about all of this bullshit that's going on between her and Matthew. And I'm actually, I mean, I think she's having a breakdown here and I understand that. But at the same time, I'm thinking to myself, no, 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 no. What are you doing? You shouldn't be telling this other guy that you're having this issue with this other guy. Like, you should be, there should be a clear just division between all of the different relationships that these people have and she hasn't like she's completely throwing that shit out the window so this is not great and clay is not happy he's pissed he's kind of he's kind of raising his voice and all of this and he's like i'm here for you i'm here for you and although i understand his reaction and him being upset i also don't think that that's the way you should have led he actually really reminds me of uche because that's how he reacted about minor things as well not minor but just it's not like it's not a big freaking deal like you don't have to act that way that's what i mean so i have very some i hate to say it, but I, I i see a lot of similarities between uche and Aaliyah and clay and ad there's a lot of similar and i'm not just talking about the fact that these are two black couples 
but I'm seeing a lot of similarities with them. And it's not great. It's not great. Just like I see a lot of similarities between like Matthew and AD and um, Murka, that guy, and the girl he ended up picking. I can't remember their names now. That's way back there now. Um, it kind of reminds me of that. Like her picker is just all the way off with these guys. So it's not great. Um, but you know, yeah, he tells her like, maybe, you know, you need to think on this. Hopefully I see you, but if not, it's cool. Again, if a guy says that's cool, then his emotional intelligence is really fucking low. Because if he actually does give a shit about you, and again, these people only know each other for a few days, but if he actually really cares about you, he's not going to say that's cool. He's going to literally say like, I'm going to fight for you and I'm not going to let this fucking guy get what I want. But Clay... Clay's literally thinking, well, if it's not going to be you, there's someone else out here outside of these pods that I can, you know, dip my stick in, you know? So anyway, um, yeah, but he says like, I'll see you tomorrow, whatever. So AD goes back to the lounge and this is where she takes the opportunity to tell Amber about everything. The main thing being that how he said that he would leave with her that he wanted to leave with her. Amber's like, a wall? Is that? I'm not sure if he said anything similarly to her, but based on her reaction, I'm going to say yes. He has definitely said something similarly. We kind of know he has because he kind of men- made this mention of the map or whatever, like, give me a map to find you or some shit. So I think like there has been a lot of similarities between what he's telling both of these women. Um, to a scary degree. So Amber's just like, oh my God. <laughs> so she um kind of says like, oh, sorry, no, back up. So Clay, in the, me- in the meanwhile, while this is going on, is losing it on his side. He tells the other guys that Matthew is the other part of the triangle for in his triangle that he didn't know he had so he's kind of losing it but then back to ad as uh mentioned she's told her everything and amber's like i'm feeling really icky i didn't realize that what i was saying could have been triggering of any of any kind or that i'm raining on your parade or anything like that and she also she feels like very horrible and she's apologizing for saying anything, which AD says it, but I also agree. Don't apologize for saying anything. Like, yes, maybe you shouldn't be saying, you know, because we've learned from the past when girl when women talk about their connections, it just goes to shit. But I think in this case, it needed to go to shit. Because clearly this guy is fucking around with these women's emotions and their feelings. So it needed to be outed. There is a reason why Amber decided to say something, even if it was unconsciously saying something, but she said it and it was the best thing. So we'll get to how it was just the best thing. 
Um, so they do comfort each other in this moment as kind of women being just amazing to each other, which is not what I'm seeing in The Bachelor right now. I have watched the second episode, so you will be getting that shortly. But yeah, just comforting each other. And Amber is now choosing to bow out. Now, I wasn't 100% sure if she actually did bow out, but we do get confirmation a little later that she definitely did bow out, which I think was probably the best decision. So, meanwhile, we're meeting these two people, Kenneth and Brittany. You can't throw people on me like this and expect me to know who the fuck they are. But we're learning, we're, we're meeting these two people. Um, and Brittany tells Kenneth, sorry, Kenneth tells Brittany that his biological mom died of cancer when he was, uh, 12. And her father, Brittany's father, also died when she was 12. He was an alcoholic, apparently. And due to his addiction, um, his liver and his pancreas couldn't quite handle the level of alcohol that he was consuming. And it, I'm assuming those organs failed. Um, so I didn't know that both of them are quite young. He's 25 and she's 24. But they kind of do talk about the fact, like, you know, why does it matter if I'm young? Like, if I'm telling you I'm ready, why can't you take that for face value? Because, and I'll say why. And that's coming from a person who has, who did this, who got married at 24 and it was maybe not the best decision. You're not ready. You're brain and i know it's so different in the south and you they move a lot faster in terms of when they get married and everything like that but you're not ready to get married you're just not there's still so much you need to learn about yourself it's not even about that you're ready to extend yourself to somebody else that's not the problem the problem is is that you're just not ready you're almost there you're just not quite ready yet. You haven't you haven't learned everything about yourself yet. And you need to allow yourself to get to know yourself and know like this is it. This is who I am. I don't think I have any more changes currently or drastic changes currently. We're always evolving, but like in terms of your thought processes and you know your decision making because you know where I'm headed here the brain not done developed because that's so crucial when you're 24 25 i mean he's right there but when you're 24 25 or even younger than that you think you know what all you think you you know who you are and there's nothing that would change but coming out on the other end of it trust me there's so much more that is waiting to be figured out and the self-reflection and all. And honestly, it just happens so naturally. It's not even something you think about. It just happens. So that's why I feel like people who are under the age of 25, 25 and younger, are just not ready. They're just not. Even you can tell me all you want that you are, but you're not. And marriage is a big deal. Again, take it from a person who 
did it, had no intentions of having a divorce at the other side of it, you know, but that's because you're not really truly thinking and coming out the other end and being like, oh shit. Like, that's what I mean. Do I think Kenneth is a great guy? He seems like a great guy. I don't know enough about Brittany. I don't know about the Kenneth either, but um, when I saw his pictures, I'm like, oh, he seems like a really sweet guy. I could tell that from his pictures, but I could also tell like, oh, he's also really young. So yeah, I I don't know. But the fact that they're both very young, maybe they can grow together, which is great. Like it's not like a Milton and a Lydia where she is she is who she is and she's not changing. But Milton is still, I think, have a lot of change to go through. And I I that shit isn't working. <laughs> I don't care what anybody tells me. That shit isn't working. Um, so, so there's, there's, there's potential that they could definitely grow together. Um, but, <sighs> oh boy, I don't know, but we'll see. Um, so Brittany also thinks about, um, you know, having twins and twins being kind of very important for her too, because her, because she says like, how do you feel about having twins? And he's down because he says his he says his mom and his aunt were twins. Well, her mom and her aunt are also twins, but her aunt actually died in a horrific accident. Um, I remember that I've been dealing with a lot of car accidents. For those who watch Bachelor, there's one that comes up in there too that was also very horrific. Um, but yeah, so she died in an accident. Um, and her mom obviously sharing a birthday with her sister no longer having that because sister is now gone when she got pregnant with Brittany she ended up actually being born on her mom's birthday so now her mom is sharing a birthday with her daughter and her daughter like Brittany I think was born about a year after the accident so Pretty much her mother has never celebrated a birthday by herself. Um, she's always celebrated with somebody. So that I think that's pretty incredible. Actually, it's crazy twist, but I think that's pretty, pretty incredible. But um so yeah. So Johnny now, um, kind of slips up a little bit and ends up telling Amy that he loves her. And he tries to like act like, oh, I didn't say that. But you definitely did. And he says, yo, listen, the pods are dangerous. So he's definitely said it. So moving on past that for a little bit. Jimmy is uh, meeting up with Chelsea. Jimmy apologizes to Chelsea for his reaction with, you know, her telling him that she's was married before. And she asks, like, do you want to talk about the divorce at all? And he says, I don't care. It's not a deal breaker for me. He doesn't, he doesn't need clarification, I think is basically what he's trying to say here. Um, so, Apparently, people think that Chelsea looks like Megan Fox. And Jimmy's like, what? He's like, so do you want to get married now? Or like, what? 
Number one, guys, she doesn't look a fucking thing like Megan Fox. Not at all. And she literally says, I don't think I look like her. Um, maybe she doesn't. She's a gorgeous girl, but she doesn't look like Megan Fox. Um, so then moving on past that, Jimmy doesn't really know how to navigate, you know, potentially becoming, um, a parent, like overnight being an instant dad. So he then meets up with Jessica and, you know, instantly tells him that she misses her daughter. Like she's crying about it, that she misses him. And I'm, I want her to be comfortable in herself to have this conversation with him because she now feels free to do so. But at the same time, when you've just kind of told him this and he is kind of still trying to receive that information, maybe not crying about your daughter before he can really ask a lot of questions about her and about how he is to navigate all of this isn't the best time. I understand that like your emotions take over and you can't always control that. But I mean, this guy is trying to navigate the fact that <laughs> you just told him a really big thing. Um, so y- yeah, <laughs> I, I, I feel for her. I feel for him. I don't even know where to begin with that. But, um, so he does ask, what is she like? So that's a really good start. And she says that she's really cool and she's funny and she's beautiful, but she's so unaware of everything, like who she is. And she says that you think I might be a hoot. You have to meet her. And he does ask, like, does she want more kids? Does does Jessica want more kids? And she says, yes, because she does love being a mom. So she would love to extend that to other children. Um, Because he does say, like, it's important for him to have children of his own, which is, again, so fair. You do need to, you know, she has a head start. That is all. She, you know, that does not mean that she doesn't want more kids. That doesn't mean any of that. I mean, I see, it's actually really crazy. I see a lot of similarities between her and my life growing up just because my mom was also 19 when she had me. Um, when her daughter was 10 and she was 29, that's the same thing with me and my mom. I was 10, she would have been 29. And I ended up becoming a sister at 11 and a half. So, you know, it just means that she just had a head start. She, she knows what to do being a mom. You know, maybe she's used to being a girl mom and now she has to, you know, transition to potentially being a boy mom or something like that, like kind of like my mom. Um, But she's going to have her daughter kind of uh, within reason be just a huge part of that that other child's life. Like it's honestly a great thing. And how she's describing her daughter, um, she definitely seems like she would be very helpful very loving to a sibling. So I, 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 I do see it's crazy. A lot of similarities between, um, between her 
and her daughter and my mom and me. So, um, so he does say that he has five siblings. So he's one of six. And he says that his oldest sister was adopted. So here's the story. His parents were actually previously married to other people before they married each other. Both of their previous um, partners had passed away. So I believe it's his mother's um, former husband had a daughter from a previous relationship. And when he passed away, I'm assuming she brought, she took her in and ultimately adopted her. So that's an amazing story. It's crazy that both of them were, um, were, uh, widowed, but like it, it, that, that's a great story. Um, so Jess also can kind of relate a little bit to this because she says that she was in the foster care system. And basically, this is how this went about. Her father was in prison due to drugs, drug possession, or whatever the case may be. Her mom kind of spiraled. I, I don't know what happened to her mother. I don't know. She mentioned that. I wasn't quite clear. But um, her mom did end up spiraling. And with her spiraling and obviously not being able to to take care of Jessica, she ended up going into the foster care system. Then, when her father got out of prison, she ended up living with him for about a year and a half, and he ultimately passed away. Trigger warning. Trigger warning starting now. He died from suicide. And that then led her right back into um, foster care system. And, you know, kind of going forward, she was with a great family, I'm assuming. She kind of refers to them as her godsend family. She, yeah, she was with them. And they ultimately adopted her at the age of 16. And she says, if it weren't for the fact that they adopted me, I think they adopted her at 16. Yeah, I think 16. She says, if they ultimately did not adopt her at 16, what would have happened if when the time came and she was pregnant with her daughter, she actually would have lost custody of her daughter to because she would have been in the system. That's crazy to me. I, I mean, uh, I have a lot of issues with that. I do believe the foster care system has a lot of work to be done, but just because somebody has gotten pregnant, but they're part of the system because you're not, I guess, released out of the system in the States until you're 21 here in, in Canada, it's 18. If you're not, no, if you're no longer part of the system, uh, I mean, if you're, if you're part of the system and you're pregnant, why does that then equate you losing your child? That's fucking ridiculous to me. That makes absolutely no sense. I have huge problems with that, but yeah, that's that's what happened anyways. Um So they're definitely I feel in this moment strengthening their connection, so I'm 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 happy about it. So then we are with, what did I write? Trevor, Trevor and Chelsea. Um, 
And you know what? They, um, they're establishing that both of them really like the AC at like 65. That's really fucking cold. Um, but anyways, and, and even with the fan going, no TV on, that's a deal breaker. Basically, it's no fan because there still has to be noise. Even if it is 65 degrees Fahrenheit in the house, we, we, we still need to have a fan going because that's the noise. And again, I don't know issues with the 65 degree thing. We keep our house at 69 at all times, <laughs> really, um, even in winter. So, because we do kind of, I prefer to be colder because I'd rather just get all bundled up in my comforter and just be, mm, just be snug. Like, that's what I rather do. So, no problems there. <laughs> but 65 is still too cold. So, Chelsea kind of at this point kind of guesses what Trevor could look like. And she kind of says, like, you're probably really tall and you have, like, muscles. And she's like, I think you have curly hair or maybe you have a mullet. And he says, I have a mullet. And she's like, no, you're fucking with me. No, no way. She's, he's like, no, I do. And she's like, I love mullets. Like, she says she loves them. And, yeah, they're they're great because she loves them and he has one. It's perfect. And he says, listen, I don't have an issue that you like a mullet. I'm just questioning your, ment- your mental state because you like a mullet. Like, I'm just, you know, throwing. But his mullet isn't like a Billy Ray Cyrus mullet back in the day of Achy Breaky Heart. It's not that egregious. So it's it's actually pretty, you know, not too bad. So then Johnny gives Amy some flowers that actually match her outfit and he wants to make two promises to her number one he says if i fuck up tell me so that i can correct it and the next one he wants to be next to her when he is 90 years old and fat and hairy and well, yeah, sorry, he wants she want he wants her to make these two promises to him. And she promises, and then he gets down on one knee and he asks her to marry him. And she says, Yes. I wasn't expecting the proposal to happen now. Um, because they he kind of I feel like they know when it's about to happen and they dress accordingly, but they we're actually quite casual, so I was kind of surprised. But anyway, so we have that down. We have one couple already. AD is planning to do things a little differently. Both of these men are playing her, she says, you know, with Clay yelling at her and then Matthew being a manipulator. You know, she's like, it is real awkward in sorry with him being manipulator and you know with that being said like you can kind of tell the awkwardness in the men's quarter like Matthew is not really responding to anybody he's very weird he's a weird guy anyway AD is waiting patiently for just someone to show up and first it's Matthew. Matthew walks in and he tells her that he is going through it at the moment. And he says that you know Amber left. 
And I'm assuming that's because of me. Now, here we go. You are telling her, number one, you're going through it. And then you bring up number two, you know Amber left. Which clearly makes me think the reason you're going through it is because Amber left. And then you are very well aware that you're probably the reason why she left. That's what happens when you play like this, you know? So she kind of said, so that's kind of presumptuous of you, you know? It ain't just about you, sir, but it is because of you. Let's be real here. So he asks how AD feels kind of about them, right, at currently. And she's unsure. She's upset. She feels like the journey's probably kind of fucked up at this point because of the men she has. And the thing is, it's like, I feel like she thinks that she has to pick one or the other. And you don't have to pick one or the other. You can pick none. Because I would pick none. That's what I would do. Because, my God, these guys. Matthew is crying because Amber's left. Not because AD is feeling a certain way. It's because Amber's gone. And he says, I have never felt like this before. Like how I feel about you, AD. I won't buy it. And I'll explain why I don't. And then he says, I think, oh man, this was good. He says, I think America loves an underdog. And he thinks that America will be on his side. I'm sorry, what? So, wait, you're more concerned about whether or not America's going to be on your side. Or, let's be real, this is international, this is Netflix, everyone has access, so the world or whoever is going to be on your side. For what? Because currently, at the moment, sir, you look like, you, you, you look not great, at the very least. And you're more concerned, though, about whether or not America's going to accept you over whether or not AD is going to accept you after everything that's happened, or let's throw Amber in there, too. Like, really? And you kind of see this point, she's just like, the fuck? <laughs> like, you're more concerned about that. He reminds me of a Brennan. For those who listen to Married at First Sight, he kind of reminds me of a Brennan. Because like Brennan, same thing. More concerned about his image. More concerned about how people are going to think of him or whatever. This guy, mind you, completely out of nowhere, cares more about whether or not people are going to like him. About the image. That's what he's more concerned about. And not only that, he also has that level of that, remember that guy from, I think it was the fourth season, and he was like trying to make himself cry and he put eye drops in his eyes. Kind of has like that just grossness to him. It's just, ugh. So, sorry, he tells AD, I feel you're not in this. Do you have a connection with someone else? Well, sir, she's already told you that 
before all of this that there was another person she was speaking to. So you do know there's another connection. But I also feel this again with how this ends, that he's fishing. I think he's fishing for a reason to not continue on with her. So he's like, well, if you have a connection with somebody else, well, then I'm going to just leave, you know? And so, and also, like, I feel like you're not in this. Sir, she just found out kind of by accident or wasn't meant to know that you're, it's not so much that you're telling someone, because again, I don't have an issue with somebody saying similar things to more than one person because at the end of the day you are one person with one story um one life you know at some point you know you might tell someone one person a and tell another person b but eventually the person who you told a to is going to know b and, and vice versa that's not the issue here the issue here is that like he literally has a narrative he has like a script and he's following the script. I mean, we all should have seen it when he literally had a list of 15 questions that said, pick a number. Like, that's that's what he's doing. Um, This is maybe a deep cut, but I don't know if anyone knows the movie with Ryan Reynolds where, what was the movie called? Um, I can't remember what the movie was called, but he played like a fat guy, quote unquote, and he was like best friends with his crush and he goes back home like 15 or 20 years later well it's not so much about his character for those people who know the movie that i'm talking about there is one person i can't remember his name either in the movie rob something like that whatever but there was another guy in the movie who um was also f- had a crush on the same girl back in high school. And you see he has a glow up and everything. And he had this song that he would sing for the main girl. And he sang the song, he played it on his guitar. And then Ryan Reynolds' character sees him singing the exact same song for a nurse at a hospital. And because he was an ambulance, whatever, he was EMS. And he sees that. This is the same thing with this guy. This guy is that character from that movie, for which I cannot remember the name of right now, which is kind of crazy to me because it plays like all the time. But that's the same idea. That's what I'm getting at. It's not so much that, you know, like I just said before, the analogy of A and B or whatever. It's the fact that he's that guy singing the same song for two different people. The only difference is he's changing the name of the song from one person to the next. You know, he's he's not he's not he's out here being like 80, 80, 80. And then he's going to Amber being like, Amber, Amber. You know what I mean? Like that's what he's doing. That's the problem. And He's completely clueless, I think, or I don't even know. Um, he's not clueless. He's very aware of what he's doing. But he's, I'm the underdog. No, you're not. 
No, you're not. You're you're the Uche of season six. That's what you are. So, um, anyway, she says, yes, she has another connection. And he says, well, I care. I know I, I want you to get what you want. So because of that, because I want you to get what you want, I'm going to end it here. That's, he just gives up like immediately, which I think at the end of the day was probably the best thing anyways. But also, as we'll see in a minute, he had no intentions of being with AD. He had no intentions. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't want to go there, but I do wonder if when she asked him about ethnicity, if that maybe kind of was the deciding factor between her and Amber. I'm not, I'm not trying to say anything, but I do feel like there are some, I'm going to stick to Caucasian men who, not all, definitely not all, but some, that can maybe be a little intimidated about being with a woman of color, in particular a black woman. Again, I'm not saying all. I mean, I'm saying some. I myself have dated a Caucasian man in my past, but it, that was... I feel like it's the exception and not the rule. Like, my ex was like, I love black women in particular. He loved Jamaican women. So, um, I mean, maybe that can borderline be a fetish as well. But, you know, I do wonder. I don't know for sure. Well, maybe never know for sure. But I do, at the end of the day, wonder. So, AD says that you sound like you're devastated because he's kind of like, you know, I really want this to work, blah, blah, blah. Um, she's like, is it more because of Amber not being here or is it because of me? And he says, yes, it's about Amber, but only because he broke someone's heart. Okay, what about AD's heart? You were selling yourself he must be a car salesman because like he was selling himself so so well and i just want to go back and see if i can find out what he does um i might actually i can probably do that i'm going to check um in a minute once we get to the end here but i i wonder if he's some sort of salesman just because like he sold himself really good. And yes, you might be upset because he broke someone's heart, but I'm just concerned as to what, what about AD? You seem to be more concerned about Amber. And it's the thing, like, if you want to be with Amber, then why would you lead AD on? That's, that's where I'm confused. Very, very confused. Um, so, you know, he just kind of continues on talking about, like, the cameras and, you know, how this is going to make him look in a situation. And 80s is like, the fuck, man? But 
And so going back to the men's quarters, and when he leaves the pod, um, AD kind of says, okay, bro, you can just tell, like, she made the right decision with this guy. I want her to continue making the thing the right decision with Clay, which is, girl, no, please, don't do it. Like, Clay is the kind of guy that you fuck a few times and you never see again. You don't grow attachment to a Clay. Clay isn't ready. Not even close. Anyway, as um, Matthew is going back to the men's quarters, he tells them, I'm gone and I am going to get Amber. That's what he says. Are you fucking kidding me? That's how, like, when he said that, I'm like, oh, so you just been playing AD the entire time. It was always Amber. And you know what? Again, like I said, that is not the problem. The problem isn't that it was always Amber. The problem is, is that you let AD on while you were saying, oh, it's, it's Amber or whatever. Like, that's not even okay. But... I'm going to take a quick, tiny little pause here, and I'm going to try and figure out what Matthew's profession is. Okay, so it appears that Matthew is a financial advisor. Um, So not a salesman, not a greasy salesman, but I mean, even financial advisors to a certain extent have to sell like, here's the like, I don't know, GIC you should do, <laughs> Not the same, but nonetheless, um, he works at Vanguard as a financial advisor since 2019. So I think he'd be a great car salesman because my God, anyway, enough of Matthew because he is now gone. So now Johnny and Amy, they're out to see each other. And they're getting all ready and the backlight's coming on and everything. And then the doors open and we're left off there wondering how this is going to go. So I have not watched the third episode yet. So I'm going to give a little prediction. I think it's going to go well. I I think it's going to go well. I mean, she's gorgeous. Um, and he's pretty cute too. I think the hair needs a little help, but nonetheless, I think it's going to go well. Um, and see from there because they definitely connect on an emotional level, um, at the very least, but I think they're also mature enough, um, that I, I don't think if they have any issues with the physical appearance, then I don't think it's going to be too much of a situation. But I think they're, I think they're going to be fine. That's what I think. At least, I'm not talking so much about the the weddings or anything like that. We leave predictions until um, everyone is out of the pots. That's when I'll do predictions, um, and we'll get Sharon's predictions as well. Um, but yeah. I think the meeting will go great, but this has been an extra long episode, guys, um, with 
We don't do any ads or anything on these. It's usually just just the shows. But I am I'm enjoying the season so far. I'm just I I'm ready. I'm hooked, lined, and sinkered into this. Um, very similarly to I was with season five. So don't let me fucking down. Love's fine. Don't do it. Don't let me down. <laughs> no more letdowns. But that is it for this episode of Love is Blind. So if you like what you heard, please share us with everyone in your life. Please also rate and review that helps our growth, which you can do at either Apple Podcasts or Spotify. And we're on every one of your favorite podcast apps. So make sure you hit follow, subscribe on your favorite app so you don't miss a single episode. You can connect with us by going to either Facebook or Instagram at Reality Times 2. You can also go to Twitter, TikTok, Reddit at Reality Times 2 Pod. And you can email us by going to Reality Times 2 on Outmail.com. Don't forget we have our website, which is at solo.to forward slash Reality Times 2. And also, don't forget, I have my other podcast with my friend Mikkel called The Next Take Podcast, where we talk about, well, just about everything over there. We're on every one of your favorite podcast apps over there as well. But you can get access to any links, any socials, anything like that by going to our website, which is solo.to forward slash next take podcast. Um, and you also can go to YouTube, which is Next Day Podcast as well. But of course, all of these links will be in the show notes. But that is it for now, guys. Thanks. Bye.